What's up, everybody? Hellabass here. Episode number 54 of the Hellabass podcast. This week, Bassmaster Elite Series rookie Josh Strachner joins the show. Audio's a little rough, a little bumpy in the beginning. It gets better through the show. Uh, a lot of good information shared. Hope you can get through that. Uh, his connection was a little rough on his end, and uh, that just happens with these type of things. So, But I still think it's worth a listen, and there's some good nuggets in here, and I think there's a lot to learn. And I don't think this will be the last we hear of Josh Trachner. I expect him to do some uh, some good things in the 2021 Bassmaster Elite Series season. Uh, enjoy the episode. As always, here to help you guys catch more bass and suck less. This week, the Hell of Ass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. All right, looks like we're live. We got a few guys in here. What's up, Brock? What's up, Sean Lai? Welcome. Let us know how it is, the the sound in the chat. So we're in the video. Make sure we're good and uh, let us know. But uh, while we're doing that, Josh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How about you, Rich? Oh, I'm doing good. So you're back home in Alabama waiting for, uh, you got, what, three of the next four in Alabama? I think so. It's, uh, don't have to go far for sure. We got we got the next one coming up, uh, leaving next Sunday to go to Pickwick. So looking forward awesome. to it. Cool. Very cool. Uh, let's see here. Um, yeah. So let us know in the chat how it sounds. And uh, so you got. This, you, so those who don't know, uh, Josh is a uh, 2021 uh, Bassmaster Elite Series rookie. That's so got a nice ring to it. Uh, <laughs> Did you qualify for the uh, pro circuit and the elite last year, or just the elites? I did. I qualified for both. I sure did. Uh, I would, sure would have liked to fish both, but uh, as far as financially, I, I don't know if I could do that. But uh, I'd love to try it one day for sure. Sure. So you, you thought about going John Cox on it for a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I think he's trying to do all three. Uh, all right. Uh, Fish and Fix says we got good audio. Thank you. Um, all right. So, yeah, so, so you fished some of the, I guess what they were called Toyota series last year. Uh, you won on Ufala. Is that right? If I remember correctly. I did. Yep. And so you fished well enough in that circuit that they gave you that points qualified you for the pro circuit. And then you also fished, did you fish all the opens or just the Easterns? I, I just fished the Easterns. I actually had signed up for our, uh, both divisions last year and then I kind of waited too late to sign up for the centrals and it didn't look like mm-hmm. I was going to get so uh, I actually backed out before the first tournament started. Uh, I just kind of, I guess, put all my eggs in, in one basket in, in the Easterns. So very worked, cool. Worked out okay. I didn't. I was looking to qualify through those instead, instead of trying to have a fish you know, fish for both and try to get the overall points qualification. You know, if you fish all t- if you had fished both divisions, you uh, really get three chances to right. qualify yep. for the fleets. Absolutely. Um. That's cool. Uh, so what do you, I mean, was that your first year doing the opens or you had done the opens previously to that? I've done, I fished the opens, uh, back when they were the Southern opens about four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
I didn't do real good. I had like a, a real good first tournament, I think, down at the Harris Chain. I made a final day down there. Then the, the next three, I didn't do real good. But uh, but I had fished them before, and this uh, this is my – I'm pretty sure it's my second time fishing opens. Yeah, cool. What's up, Chad? Yeah, actually, I think when I did my research for St. John's, I saw that you had like a top 12 or whatever in a, in a uh, – uh, an open a long time ago and then you did well in the first eastern open last year which gave me confidence to uh to pick you at the saint john's river so um <laughs> so <you've, laughs> um yeah so what i mean what were some of the i don't know key takeaways i mean what did you learn from the opens i mean what were some of the high moments low moments were any anything to highlight from uh the 2020 opens that qualified you for this year's elite series yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is just, uh, you know, finishing second in the points and having a couple of real good finishes. And, I mean, it just made me feel like I, that I, if I could qualify, that I, that I would be able to compete against the elite guys. That was, that was the, my biggest question, you know, to myself, you know, whether or not I, 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 could, I could compete with them. And, and fishing the opens, you're, you're, I think you're probably competing against about, I don't know, anywhere from 12 or 10 to 20 of them, of the full-time elite guys anyway. And, uh you know, in those opens, you're competing against some of the best locals on the lake, too. So that kind of gave me the confidence. So I guess that was really my highlight of the, of the whole season, really. And uh, getting off to a good start on uh, on the Kissimmee chain at Toho really helped. You know, it gave me momentum for the next three to, to kind of hang in there and, and try to push myself a little harder to, to do good and qualify. So it's kind of a litmus test for you to know that you're like, Hey, if I do make it, I think I'm going to belong. Right. Like I'm fishing against some of the, the, you know, the, the legends or the, the, the really experienced, right. Veterans that are coming back into it. A lot of the, you know, you know, the locals, right. And then the young guns coming up. So like, if you could do well against those guys, right. You felt like you weren't going to be, you know, in over your head once you made it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, I, I fished them the really the just to have fun and and just to fish some big tournaments, but you know, always in the back of my head, you know, if I if I could ever if I could ever qualify that uh I'd probably take a chance, you know. And uh, you know, winning that Toyota series last year on Ufala kinda kinda helped me out and you know, if I didn't qualify I'd have I'd have some money to, to do it with. And that, that was the big big deal with me. So I was lo- lucky to have that, so Sure. So are you, do you, did you work full? I mean, were you still working or do you full? what I mean? Like, do you have a, 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 I mean, coming into this year, did you have a job or were you fishing full time? I guess I don't really know much about your history. I wasn't, I, I worked for a construction company out of Birmingham. We, we did commercial construction and uh, mm-hmm. that's what I've done for the last 15 years. And, uh, you know, last year I pretty much did work full time. But uh, this year, with, with especially with the lease, everything's jam packed in the first six months or so. I, I, I kind of just, told him i'd maybe be back i might not be back but, uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty much fishing full-time right now i've got a, a friend that uh i'm uh helping him do some things he's got a little construction company himself and uh, i'll help him out when i can so other than that i'm just i'm just fishing yeah cool are you uh are you fishing anything else outside of the elite series this year are you squeezing in any other tournaments or what is it just focusing on the elites Right now, I'm just focusing on the lates. Uh, I really wanted to fish the opens again. Uh, I just, I kind of, I kind of backed out of. I didn't want to put, get too stretched out my first year in the lates. Uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, again, everything's all the leets are jam packed real close together, especially if you're going to try to go pre practice any of them. I've tried to pre practice all of them so far. I'm probably not going to go to Texas mm-hmm. or up north. Uh, I'm probably just going to show up for those just because it's so far. But uh, other than that, that's all I'm fishing. I'm going to try to fish some, uh, still try to fish some BFLs this year in between some of the leets and, uh, Still might try to fish an opener too. Like I think they got another open at uh Smith Lake. I might try to try to jump in on that if I if I can get in. So sure. So you're not committing to any series, but if you can find some tournaments in Alabama when you got time, you know, you'll, you'll fit them in. Sounds like cool. What's up, Jay? Good to have you. Uh, thanks everybody for showing up. I should just mention that uh, thanks to Arsenal Fishing. Uh, for supporting the show. Obviously we can't do these shows and we can't put in the, everything we want to without them. So I always remember you guys uh, support the people that support the shows. Uh, obviously they'll put the codes down in the uh, below Hellabass 15 at Arsenal fishing. Um, and uh, so just want to thank Arsenal and mention that uh, before I forget. Um, so let's maybe just kind of talk about, so you've kind of put work on pause. Uh, you're kind of focusing on the elites, which I think is a very, you know, it's a smart decision. I think, you know, overwhelming yourself is definitely not uh, great. Are you frozen or are you just not moving? Yeah. Oh, looks like Josh is low. Can you still hear me all right? All right he's moving now. All right. Yeah, I can still hear you. Something, I don't know yeah. what's going on. All right, cool. All right. It sounds like we're just a little bit live. Not too bad. Um, so let's talk about maybe, so you, you qualified late in the year, right? Cause the Eastern opens went super late. And I think Chad brings up a good question. Like, how was that short turnaround for you? You said you thought like, I'd like to fish the pro circuit in the elites, but you know, obviously you had to, to find some companies to work with and things like that. What was that short turnaround like for you? Obviously you don't go into like details and stuff, but like, what was that process like? And, and, uh, how did it go overall? Yeah, you know, everything got pushed back because of the COVID virus. And I didn't, I didn't know that I qualified this year until I think it was the first or second week of December. And had like a month and a half to figure out, trying to work work out sponsor deals and uh, financial help and, and just try to figure out exactly what I'm going to do. And uh, so I really only had a month and a half to, to get everything done and, and uh, get, get boat routes. Um, it, it was a lot to, to, to handle there for, for a few weeks for sure. But, uh, you know, I, I, especially some of the guys that I qualified with, I talked to some of them, uh, you know, only having a month to, to try to talk to and reach out to all the sponsors. It, it was real tough. It's, it's just had a limited time. Yeah, very cool. And so I think I want to just share this here for a second. So I think you landed on, it looks like Reaction Innovations is your title sponsor. They are. Yeah, that's, I mean, and a cool company. I think we all know who they are. And I bet you there's not hardly a person in here that hasn't probably flipped a Sweet Beaver in their day. So uh, pretty cool, good looking rap. Uh, that's, I mean, is that a company you've worked with for a long time? Or? Yeah. Ah, uh, really the last couple years, uh, I've known 
the owner and some of the guys that work there, they're actually they only live their their shops only about thirty minutes down the road from me. So I, I kind of I known them and I'm here locally. So uh, it was it was easy to meet up to them and, and talk to them and and uh, try to get some help and help me get my boat wrapped. And that was a real big deal for me. So I, I was yeah. very very thankful. Yeah, that's awesome and a, a cool company. I mean, that's awesome. Um, so I think your main social, what's that? I said, they're, they're all good people at reaction innovations for sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously people that understand and know fishing right there, they come from a tournament culture. So they really understand tournament bass fishing. They're not just like a big company, a big corporate that's just like cranking out stuff just to sell it. Right. I mean, like the stuff they make is really like legit. I mean, uh, I can't think of a bad product that they make, to be honest. So I was going to say, I think you're made right, social. They're all, they're made, everything's made right here. And, and I, I'll so. Hey, Josh, we're get, it's like the lag is getting a little bad. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to remove you and have you click back in. And sometimes that fixes it. All right. Hopefully you heard that. <laughs> All right. Um, All right. Little rough spot. We'll figure it out here. Hang tight. All right. I'm just going to send him a quick question. Message. It was really good when we first started in the in the warm up. So, go figure. But yeah, we'll get through this. I think Josh has got some cool information that we want to uh, to get into. Um, Walt, as, as a rookie, are you finding other anglers to be helpful? We'll definitely talk about some of that fish and fix. We can definitely check on the rods and reels. Although I think I can tell already what he's using. Uh, yeah, I, I'd like to hear about the pocket rocket as well. Um, I've used it a little bit, so. Hopefully we get him back here in a second. Uh, definitely some things I want to cover with him. Uh, so if you guys got some questions, we can get those tuned up. Uh, I do want to remind you a little later in the show, we will do the drawing for the uh, TH custom wake baits. So if you didn't look at last week's stream with Trey Harple and leave a comment on that video, uh, you'll have a little bit of time to get that done. And we will be doing that drawing a little later on the show. Um, so that'll be coming up. So I, hopefully Josh will be clicking back in. Otherwise, I can answer a few questions. Uh, yes, Brock, there was giveaways. It was TH Custom. So we'll be doing a drawing uh, a little bit later in the show. Uh, Sycamore, Josh is from lower Alabama. Uh, he lives down near Eufaula in that end of Alabama. So, all right. Looks like you had a, a scenery change. I'm back. Yeah. You're back. Yeah, I hope it might have been me. I'd, uh, I don't have a real good service. So I moved to a different location in the house. Maybe, maybe you can hear me a little better now. So. Sure. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, last week's show was good. Uh, we actually talked a lot about Daiwa, and I think that's uh, a company you work with, isn't it? 
it is. I'm new with Daiwa this year, the Daiwa and the Tackle Traps, the local tackle shop here in Alabama. But uh, everybody with Daiwa that I've been in contact with so far, they've, they've been very helpful, and uh, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty pumped up about working with them this year and look forward to the, the, hopefully a, a big future with them. So. Nice. Is that rods and reels? Rods and reels and line. Okay. And uh, they're also uh, kind of associated with uh, – Evergreen International, they're mm-hmm. kind of a, a big distributor for them, so I'm, I'm kind of kind of in with both of them, and uh, it's it's been I've been I've been real fortunate to get in with those guys. Like I said, they're they're good people. They I talk to them on a weekly basis, and uh, you know they they I think they come to all the elite events, you know, take pictures and do the videos for their social. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's pretty pretty cool deal working with them. Very nice. Yeah, I've I've always been a big fan of their reels and things like that. I've kind of split myself between Shimano and, and Daiwa, and that's I don't really venture too far from those two when it comes to reels. So definitely make some good stuff. Um, let's talk a little bit about maybe your first two stops on the elites. So we kind of talked a little bit earlier. I, I picked you on the fantasy team, put it out on the internet for everybody to read, and you had a really solid finish uh, at the St. John's River. You, I think you were, I mean, at date. Going into day three, you were in the top ten, right? And then you just kind of just slipped. You were one of the people who didn't yeah. catch the twenty-five pound bags on day three, so you just kind of fell back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I fell. I think I was in the top ten after the first day, and uh, I fell like three or four places every day. Just I, I knew they were going to start catching a lot of big fish, and and I just never, I honestly never had a, a big bite. Uh, I was actually fishing in the area that it, that was that it, the tournament was won in. Um, but I just, I never, never got around the, the right kind. I just had like a, a good average 16 pounds, 16 and a half pounds a day, you know, and, and, uh, that's what got me. I think I finished 18th. So. Yeah. I mean, kind of, I mean, a great finish. I mean, you mean like, obviously you'd love to be Brian new and win it, but, uh, I mean, you can't really complain about a top 20 in your first elite series event that had to feel pretty good coming out of the gate. Uh, it did. It felt real good. I was, I was, I was happy when I left, left Palatka. I'd love to make a top twenty in every one of them this year. If you told me I wasn't going to even going to win a tournament, and you, I'd just get a top twenty, I'd, I'd definitely take it. Yeah, for sure. You'd be right there at AOI if you did that. That's for sure. Um, how did it feel to be like in the top ten after the first day on your very first event, like? It felt really good, uh, you know. I had practice down there. Uh, I, I don't think I ever caught a limit all three days of the practice in Palatka. And that, that very last day, you know, it really got warm, and I started going up into some canals, and uh, I finally started seeing some on the bed. And that's that's when we all knew it was going to happen. You know, that the fish were coming to the bank, and the fish were going on the bed. So I, I kind of felt pretty good about it. And after the first day. I didn't think I'd be in the top 10 with just, you know, I think I had 16 pounds. Mm-hmm. So I, that kind of surprised me after the first day. And so were you sight fishing or were you just fishing slow in areas you thought they were? Like what kind of stuff were you focusing on?
I was pretty much sight fishing the first two days. Third day, I did pressure. There wasn't any 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 bed fish left. So the third day, I a little bit, and I drove other down the lake south, and uh, I just had to start with pads and fishing new stuff, and I finally ran ran up on a. Uh, fish in a in an area, but they were just four pound fish. And I just never could get around the big ones. Hmm. Yeah, it's cool. I think you shared a couple of your your setups: the machete worm and the pocket rocket on your Facebook page. Um, which you know, no, uh, you know, no surprises. A couple of uh, very popular style Florida baits in those two baits. So no surprise that they were a big player. Yeah, that, that pocket rocket did. Yeah, that pocket rocket, I, I, that's what I used to flip pads with, and I sight fished with, with that same set. Stuff. And in between, I'd, I'd throw a machete worm, you know, as I was flipping and lead fishing the worm up and throw it around. I, I think I weighed in two, two, maybe three keepers on the, on the machete worm, but everything. Thing else was on the... Yeah, cool. So for people that aren't familiar with the pocket rocket, which is a, is a stick bait, I mean, it's in the kind of the same... Oop, there went Josh. <laughs> I was just going to have him dive into the... So I don't know if he's like just disconnected because I definitely didn't ask him to leave or if he is trying to reset. So I was going to have him talk about uh, what he thought of the pocket rocket or why, how he thought it was different. Um, so let's see. He looks like he's back here again in just a second. All right, well, he's queuing up, but his picture's not there. All right, did you reset it or did you just reset yourself? Hey, I'm sorry <laughs> about that, Rich. No, that's all right. I'm sorry about that. No, it's fine. Um, what, uh, so what I was just gonna I ask you, what do you like? I almost got, I've almost. Got full service. I think it is you. I don't think there's any issues on my end. Uh, the people in the chat can let us know if it's just you or if it's both of us. Um, but the uh, maybe just give people some information that aren't familiar with the pocket rocket. Uh, it's obviously in a stick bait category, but what are some of the things you like about it that you think it makes it a, such a good bait? You know, I, as far as the whole stick bait deal in Florida, I really couldn't tell you why they buy stick bait down there, but but the, the rock is just a little different. It's got a lot of the ribs on it. it I think it moves a little bit more water, and uh, having that real skinny midsection, it allows for a better hookup. Uh, that's what you're using a 5 volt hook on the on big rock, rocket, uh, especially flipping pads, uh, getting the hookup. Yeah, and I think the uh, the salt content having that, and uh, that's one reason I like. Yeah, for sure. And I think when you're fishing it like this, right, on a Texas rig or something like that, having a little less salt content gives you a little more buoyancy, a little more action than maybe a a Senko or something like that. So, um, 
It does. <laughs> All right. Sounds like I sound good. So there must be just something a little rough with your connection. We'll see if we can fight through it. Are you on Wi-Fi or are you on just your cell connection? Yeah, I'm still here. There's definitely a delay, and it's a little bit choppy. So this is definitely one of the rougher ones. We definitely had this little bit of roughness with Josh a few weeks ago. Um, we'll see what we can do here. Otherwise, we'll just have to go solo and uh, and, and make this a little bit more of a fewer show. Um, yeah. I hear what you guys are saying, and I definitely am picking up on that audio that it seems like if I wait long enough, <laughs> I can get his response, and it's mostly good, but it's a little bit choppy, so um, not ideal. So I think I was talking with Josh in the pre-show, and he said this is his first time doing one of these lives or an interview, and, and that's part of the reason that I really wanted to reach out because I knew Josh was a good fisherman, and I know sometimes when you first make it to the elites, you don't necessarily get a ton of press coverage unless you win something like Brian New does, so I definitely think it's a cool and interesting story to reach out um, and, and touch base with the uh, Brock. He is on his phone. Um, so I don't know what else we can do uh, outside of, I don't know if, if he has Wi-Fi or a different spot in his house where we can get a better connection. So usually the phone is a little bit easier because it doesn't pull as much data. I don't think, you know, it's a smaller screen and things like that. So um, we'll see if he can come back. Because um, I really want to tell him, that you know becoming on the show he is a really good omen this year for elite series pro so i want to get to that before we lose him um so while we're waiting uh all right looks like josh is making another attempt here looks like we have another uh, change of scenery looks like we might be out in the truck now i'm out in the truck i apologize i don't know why never had a whole lot of trouble in, inside my house but it uh, looks like i am not sure well, the, the one thing about trucks, they have really good audio and acoustics. So there's not nothing wrong with that. They, you know, they, they, they sound good. Um, so I, so hopefully this is, uh, I mean, I want you to be here because I, I've had two different Elite Series guests this year on the seat this year. And it's been Jeff Gustafson and Brian New. So I don't want to put any pressure on you, but. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's, that's going. You know, I'm I'm actually rooming with uh, Brian Lou this year. We're staying together, okay. And uh, along uh, along with Buddy Gross, uh, it's it's been us three for the first two, and looks like we're going to stay together for the rest of the year. So, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, staying with Brian and getting that win, it definitely makes me get the feeling that uh that I want to win one two pretty bad. So, yeah, awesome, awesome roommate crew for sure. Um, they are. Yeah, that's 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 a good company. Those seems like really cool guys too. I mean, I've I've watched. I mean, I've talked to Brian and I've watched plenty of interviews with both of them, and they seem like really down to earth guys. What, are you guys like renting houses, or we are? We're we're just renting houses. Uh, uh, so far, we've had a we've had a great time. They they really are two good guys. Uh, we help each other when we can, you know, and uh, it's 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 been fun staying with them. Uh, you know, me and Brian are both rookies and buddies kind of a seasoned 
professional angler. He's fished with the FAW for a long time now, Bass. So uh, he's kind of helped us along, give us some advice about how things go. So uh, it's, it's been good. It's been real good. Right. I definitely could tell the lag is cut down big time. So I think we're in a better spot now. So, um, and so, and I think we talked earlier, well, let's talk quickly about Tennessee river. Um, you had a decent first day, caught four fish for like six or seven pounds, which, you know, doesn't sound great, but wasn't too bad for uh day one in the Tennessee river. Um, how, what did you find much? Have you ever been there before? Did you pre-practice? Like what were your thoughts going into that tournament? Like did, did you feel good about getting four fish or were you had higher expectations based on your practice? Uh, far as based on my practice, <clears throat> I, I felt like I've won the tournament the first day. I, I think I did have a limit the first day. And, okay. Uh, that's me, buddy, and Brian. Me, buddy, and Brian. Uh, we, I think the most uh, fish were, that were, was caught in a day of practice between us was three fish. So uh, for me to come in with a limit the first day, and uh, I think I was in the top 30 or at in 30th place and i felt real good about that it actually surprised me and uh the second day uh i tried to go back and make the same deal work trying to fish down the lake and uh, i did lose a, a pretty good fish the first day i didn't see it but it was probably bigger than anything i had in the live well so that second day i, I spent pretty much until about lunchtime trying to catch those same fish in that area and it, it just wasn't it just wasn't working and uh after 12 o'clock, I ran way back up the river and tried to get in the dirtier water and uh, the, the warmer water. And I, I think I wound up catching one 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 keeper that, that second day. So it, that was definitely disappointing. I think I've lost you now, Rich. My fault. My dog was barking, so I muted myself, and then I forgot to unmute myself. So I was saying this. <laughs> we talked about that. You. Like you, We fell a little bit, but you still got a small check, which is better than no check. And I think I looked, right. uh, I don't know if you watched the points, but you're 25th in the AOI points, which after two events um, is actually not too bad. I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're well into the classic cut, so if you can have some good tournaments and, and maintain it, you, you know, you can, you're on pace to have a really good season. So... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I think that's probably my number one goal for the for the for the my first years, is just to make that make the classic. Uh, that, that's right. gonna, to me, that that that'd be my number one goal for this year. If uh, if I didn't do anything else other than making the classic, I, I think I would call it a good year. So I'm I'm hopefully gonna stay in it. I think this year it's gonna be depends on how many double qualifiers they have, but I think it's gonna be around the 38, mm-hmm. 38 in the in the point. I need to, I need to definitely stay in in the hunt for that. I don't want to be yeah. riding the, the cut line all year. Yeah, you definitely want to be 35 and above to feel, like, good. and But sometimes it yeah it goes down to 40 or things yeah. like that. But you don't want to be waiting for people to double qualify and, and win opens after you're done fishing. You kind of want to get it locked up while you're still fishing. So, yeah. um, so you're I'm from lower Alabama. Uh, uh, I was going to say, you're from lower Alabama. Uh, but we talked in the pre-show. You're not exactly a Pickwick local for. Uh... No. No, I'm uh, I'm I'm actually around central Alabama, and uh, as far as the Tennessee River, I don't 
I don't have any knowledge of Pickwick. I've only been there once in my life, and uh, I've only been to Gunnersville just a handful of times. So um, I'm, I'm definitely not a not a local pick for sure for, for Pickwick. Okay. Um, so, but, I mean, if you could just get, like, a little leftovers from uh, Buddy, that would probably at least get you in the top 50. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Buddy's got some—he's got some really good history on Pickwick. I think—I uh, hey, don't think he—he he has fished it, but just a handful of times. But he's, he, I think he's got a first and a second, so he's—he's yeah. he's got some good history. I'm gonna be—I'm gonna be following him around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those were more ledge tournaments, definitely later in the year. Um, but I think Buddy just—you know—he understands the Tennessee River, so I expect him to be pretty good on Pickwick, uh, regardless of what time of year it is. Yeah, and I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a, a shallow, a real shallow tournament. It's not going to be a deep ledge tournament. Uh, previously, before they moved it, I think we're, we're, we're going to be at Pickwick in June. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was really looking forward to that, get out and fish out deep. And uh, now that they've swapped the classic date in Pickwick, I think it's going to be more of a bank deal, pre-spawn, uh, shallow, small mouse is going to be a real big player in this one. So uh, it's going to be a, from what I've heard, Pickwick is fishing really, really good right now, and it's probably going only going to get better by the time we get up there. So it's it's, it's probably going to be like a real good show. Yeah, I don't think a hundred pounds is out of the question for Pickwick. I mean that that could happen. It's very possible. I think the couple guys I've talked to that, that's fishing the elites that know a little bit about Pickwick, they think it's going to take anywhere between eighty-five and a hundred pounds. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're ready for that after a cup. I mean, one okay tournament and one pretty tough tournament. I think all the fans and all the anglers are ready to, to bust on them a little bit. So, um, I think we were talking a little bit earlier. What, what would you say your strengths are and what kind of angler, or what kind of tournaments do you prefer? Um, you know, what? I've always fished, I guess, kind of shallow living here on the coast of river, but the, uh, the last three or four years, I would say my strength would be fishing offshore. Uh, I started spending a lot of time on Lake Martin and Lake Eufaula, like we talked about earlier. And uh, I, I've learned I like using my electronics, and I like kind of getting out and uh, just looking around out deep. And, and you know, sometimes you kind of get out there and, and get away from the crowd. Sometimes it's the opposite, though. Uh, you get in the crowd out there. But I've just, uh, I, I just, I just really enjoy fishing offshore sure i mean are you uh have you jumped on any of the uh forward facing or 360 or any of those i mean what do you have a preference or what what's your setup on the bow of your boat uh, i've got right now i've got the the garmin life scope uh, i do have the 360 and i'm probably going to be running both of them here in the next few weeks uh, i'm going to get a different mount so i can run both but right now I'm just running the uh, the live scope, and uh, that's you know of course everybody's seen what what kind of damage it can it can make, and uh, it's it's a it's a, it's, a, it's probably going to be a player at Pickwick too. Maybe not not as much as uh, people would think, but I think it's going to be a player at Pickwick too. Yeah, I mean I agree. I think there's going to be a lot of good fish caught shallow, but I still think there will be offshore fish to be found and. It'll be really interesting to see which one actually wins the tournament. 
Yeah, it's like I said, the between the small mouth and the large mouth, I don't know. It's just hard to say right now which which would would win. I I think you know you could possibly win it with a mixed bag, but uh, you know, twenty five pounds a day of smallmouth can be done at Pickwick right now, and uh, mm-hmm. of course, you know, twenty five plus can be done with largemouth right now. So it, it yeah. just depends on how much pressure both of them are getting. So it's just hard, it's just real hard to say. It's just going to be a lot of fish caught. Yeah, the the upside is like Pickwick has those freak show like. It's not uncommon to catch a nine, ten. I mean, not. I mean, nine, ten, eleven pound fish. Largies live and pick, and they're right. caught. I mean, you see them pop up on the ABT and places like that all the time. So, um, like somebody could easily catch a pretty uh, of largemouth one day. That, I mean, it wouldn't be shocked. I mean, it wouldn't be easy, but it wouldn't be like fall over like surprised by any means. No, uh, I'm not going to be shocked at all if somebody weighs in a ten pounder. And uh, there's going to be, and there's probably going to be actually a lot of smallmouth over five pounds weighed in. And, uh, I think they actually catch, you know, a few seven-pound smallmouth up there this time mm-hmm. of year. So it's, it's going to be an interesting tournament. Yeah, for sure. Um, so looking forward on the schedule, obviously it's one tournament at a time. I was focusing it, but are there any, any events on the schedule that you're, uh, you're excited about, or you have more history on, or you think that people should, should watch out for you? <laughs> I, I think what I'm the, the, the late, there are actually two lakes. I'm the most excited about for the year is, uh, the St. Lawrence and the Champlain or, or Northern run. I've never been up North fishing, uh, I think Champlain has got – I think you can do both largemouth and smallmouth. From what I understand there, there's a lot of grass, offshore grass fishing. And the St. Lawrence is pretty much just a, a current smallmouth deal. And uh, those are the two that I'm really looking forward to, even though I've never never been there. Uh, just always – those are two kind of legendary bodies of water that the bass has always been to over the years. So it's been fun to watch that and, and now to – to be able to go to them and, and compete at those places. It's, I think it's, it's going to be real, real fun for me. So whether I do any good yeah. or not, it's going to be fun. Yeah. If you have the time, I would suggest going up early. You know, obviously you can't go on those bodies of water early, but like go into a, a Cayuga uh, or something like that on the way yeah. up. And like, just like, cause fishing up North in the summer is just a blast. So, um, like I would totally either, uh, go a week early or stay a week late. <laughs> and have some fun like that's uh, highly recommended I, I, i've kind of already planned on, on, on doing that so i'm gonna, I'm gonna i know i'm gonna go up at least a few days early to, to go fish somewhere else and uh depends on how i guess depends on how my tournaments go i might stay stay another week or two and and uh, go to some more lakes and, and try to just have some fun yeah very cool so obviously you're looking forward to those because it's like the new experience should be really great fishing kind of bucket list um but i think there's three tournaments coming up in alabama and i think what neely henry is probably the one you have the most experience on yeah neely henry i I live about an hour from neely henry lake and uh usually i only usually far as fishing local local tournaments local trails bfls uh, i usually go up there once or twice a year for a tournament so, you know, I don't have a whole lot of knowledge, but I kind of know what goes on at different times of the year. So, uh, and that, that, that lake, it, it could be tough. Uh, the last couple of years, neither Henry 
it's probably fished as bad or as worse as I've ever seen it. Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. kind of what's going on with that lake, uh, if it's going through a, a cycle or something. But Neely Henry has kind of been off for the last couple of years. But May May is probably the best month to be there, so it shouldn't it shouldn't be too bad. There's going to be a few big fish caught in it, but I think you know, 14, 15 pounds a day at, at Neely will probably be pretty good. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see how this unwinds, and then we're going to you know go to Gunnersville, and that's going to be more of a ledge deal by that time, probably. So that you know probably. Yeah. You know, you don't have a ton of experience there, but that should be in your comfort zone, right? If you want to be offshore and fishing more, so. Well, I think so. Uh, I've actually never been to Gunnersville in in that time of year. Well, a few times I've I fished a tournament in uh, on Gunnersville has either been in the spring or, or late in the fall. So I've always kind of missed that that summertime deep ledge deal. But uh, I think uh, I think it'll be a deal that. That, I, I, that I'm comfortable doing, and uh, I'm, I definitely try to go up there before the, the pre-practice cutoff and uh, spend some time looking. Yeah, for sure. Sounds like there's plenty of water coming through the TVA right now, according to the chat. So. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, probably going to end up flooding in the next few days in uh, certain certain parts of the, of the river, but uh, I think they got close to three inches of rain in 24 hours north north east or northwest georgia and parts of tennessee and all that's just going to come flushing right down the pickwick so uh, it's going to be uh hopefully all that gets kind of cleared up before we get there yeah definitely uh pickwick is an interesting lake there's a i mean all the tv lakes are current driven but i just feel like the way pickwick is shaped it tends to it's pretty narrow and riverine so i feel like that current definitely plays a little more um but the interesting thing is that there's there's a, there's a fair amount of backwater and and Pickwick that can play in the spring that really could make this tournament interesting. So it's ex- it'll be exciting to watch how this unfolds for sure. Yeah, it's uh, I got several several big feeder creeks, but I think the big player is going to be some of the tail race up, up below the dam. Then again, got a lot of <laughs> I think they've got a lot of the still got some uh, eel grass and some hydrilla left back down the lake. So I think those are both going to be players. Yeah, it's. I was just there in November fishing the Bass Nation Championship, and that was the first time I've ever been there. But it's a really cool lake, and I, I would definitely be excited to get back there and fish it. It uh, there's parts of it that definitely remind me of home with the grass and things like that. Um, yeah. So, uh, how did you how did you get into tournament fishing? Like, was it was it relatives, a friend? Like, did you have any kind of mentor growing up for for bass fishing? Uh, it was my dad. Uh, and my dad, he, he started fishing bass tournaments back in the 70s, probably early 70s. And uh, and uh, he had me in the boat with him fishing tournaments, you know, local tournaments when I was only about six or seven years old. And uh, so he, he got me in on it early. And uh, and we still fish some team tournaments together every year. And uh, he still fishes mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, I kind of quit fishing there for, I guess, around the age of 14 or 15 through my early 20s. I didn't. I didn't hardly fish at all. I kind of, kind of got on doing some other things, other sports, and I really didn't Girls. get back into tournament fishing until I was in my <laughs> mid twenties. <laughs> girls, and I got to ra- racing some motorcycles, and I, I think that was worse than the girls. So, uh, but uh, I, I, I got back in around twenty five, and uh, and I've been been doing it ever since. Nice, very cool. Um. 
so I don't know. One, so let's say you've been, you you fish a lot of reaction innovation. So what what's your favorite beaver? The original, the kinky, or the spicy? Uh, the original. The original. The original. That's that's probably about ninety ninety nine percent of the time. If I'm flipping, it's going to be an original beaver. Uh, I do like the spicy. Uh, that's for, to, for me. It's more of a. I, I haven't used it to punch with, but I like using it more of a jig trailer. Or mm-hmm. swim jig and and flipping it. That's that's my that's what I use for it. Yeah. So, and I uh, also I think uh, they, they, you know as far as the our next two or three tournaments the skinny dipper any kind of swim bait I think is going to be a big player especially at peak week in a, in for a couple sure. of weeks. So. Yeah. Very cool. <clears throat> what's uh what's your what's your go to uh, beaver color for flipping? black red plate okay so the black neon basically yeah black neon and it's probably a toss-up really uh magic cross swirl and black neon is is that's my two colors yeah i'm a big tramp stamp guy (laughs) yeah i always figure like i can't decide if i want black or blue green pumpkin so i just throw just throw the just throw one you're 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 good to look at the one side or the other they'll bite it right so yeah, like I said, that's probably their number one seller too, especially over the last year or two. Tramp stamp. Uh, that, there's a lot of tramp stamp beavers go out the doors down there, and it's fun to say. Um, yeah, David, I think we missed it. Uh, we were talking. Josh, I think, has only been on Pickwick one time in his life, so he's definitely no local uh, to that. So he's much more of a, a Neely Henry, Ufala, uh, Martin. That's kind of the area where he's spent a lot more time. Um, so what, what boat are you running this year? Uh, 21 TRX Triton, uh, 250 four stroke Mercury. It's actually the same boat I had last year. Uh, when I, since again, I didn't qualify until late in the year, it, I was going to keep my boat another year, but when I qualified, I was like, I'd, I'd really like to get a new boat to, to fish the lease, but I just didn't have time to, to get one ordered and get it home and get it ready and get it wrapped before we had to go to Florida. So I'm in my 2020 Triton that I, that I ran last year. And, uh, right. So far it's, it's been, it's been bulletproof everywhere we've been this year. It's been super long runs. And, uh, I think it's just about everywhere we're going this year, other than Neely Henry. I mean, you could run an hour, two hours in either direction. So, uh, mm-hmm. it's been, it's been a gas burning year so far. For sure. And I, I don't think, running about two years is such a bad deal anymore. Like, especially now, like I think that this year is like enlightened that there's, there's a definitely a ha- more than a handful of guys that are in a similar position. They're like, I'm not even going to try to get a new boat. You know what I mean? Like they're like, it's, um, and I know some people have yeah. gotten to schedule more where they switch at the break, like in July when you guys have that off month uh, or something like that, just cause like in the, you know, this early late, late winter is such a rush and it's cold and it's freezing and it's like everybody's trying to order their boat at that time. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see kind of a shift in that. So. Yeah, there's, 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 I'm not the only one running a, a two year old boat in the lease this year. There's, there's actually some that's running a, three plus year old boats. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I like my boat right now. Like I said, I was going to keep it another year anyway, cause this one is set perfect. I've spent a lot of time, I'm setting it up, 
getting everything right. So uh, it, it's not going to hurt my feelings to, to fish out out of a third year. So. Yeah, and you know it's working. Like you know, you get a new boat and everything's supposed to work, but it doesn't always work. <laughs> like it's uh, um, so yeah, we talked about this a little bit. We talked about this earlier, Brock. He's running 360 and live scope. Uh, so I think he's kind of just got his electronics set up the way he wants them. Not versus like uh, he's not any tied to any one company. Um, uh, this is a good question. We talked about you saying the skinny dipper at Pickwick. Um, Phil K says, when does a skinny dipper outshine other swim baits or, you know, cold water or warm water? Like when do you feel like a skinny dipper is, is best? Or when does it outshine a, you know, a, a sexy swimmer, or a Kai tech, or maybe some of those other baits out there? You know, I think they've all got their place. Uh, for some reason, to me, anytime you get around grass, uh, for whatever reason, the, the skinny dipper will get more bites. Uh, and I, 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 I'm honestly, I couldn't tell you why, but something about the skinny dipper and grass, it just, it just works better. Uh, you know, it's got, uh, I don't know if I could say a little bit more lazier swim, but it's got a, mm-hmm. it's got a rolling, a more of a rolling action. And uh, really, no other soft soft plastic swim baits do that. And uh, I think that t- to me that that's the that's the biggest reason that that they bite it a little little bit better. And in in the grass and vegetation, and uh, sw- far swimming the jig, that's that's probably to me that's the best swim jig trailer uh, that you can put that you can use. So. Yeah, for sure. I definitely have used a lot of little dippers and skinny dippers on swim jigs, and it definitely mm-hmm. gives them a nice roll. I mean, we throw a ton of swim jigs up on the Mississippi and places up here. And uh, I, I would 100% agree that that style of bait, especially the the skinny dippers, put more action and roll into a swim jig than a than a Kitek or something like that. Yeah. So I think that's definitely a for sure. Uh, so, do you have a favorite lake outside of Alabama? Ah, uh, you know, I, I've been to Lake Hartwell three times. And uh, I actually really liked Hartwell. We, we had to open there last year. And uh, I like the deep, clear water and the spotted bass. Uh, you know, over there, the live scope was, was a huge player in that tournament. And uh, I, re- I really liked Hartwell. I, I wouldn't mind fishing there some more. Maybe maybe the elites will, will go there next year. Sure. So, I mean, you've, you've probably caught some smallies in, in uh, Alabama. Do you have a lot of experience with smallies? I don't. Uh, very, very little. Uh, the only places you can catch them in Alabama is uh, a few. You, you'll catch a few on uh, Gunnersville. It's kind of rare mm-hmm. to catch one on Gunnersville. Wheeler's got a better population of them, but uh, really, Pickwick is is the only place to catch a smallmouth in uh, in Alabama. Uh, really, my first smallmouth tournament was last year at uh, Lake Cherokee in the Open in Tennessee. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a uh, I had all smallmouth in that tournament. So that, that was really my first full-blown smallmouth tournament that I've ever fished. Okay. So so St. Lawrence will be brand new. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, that was, uh, 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 all the stuff I've heard over the years from it, go up there and catch. You know, I think that's where they catch sometimes 100, 100 smallmouth a day, you know. So that's going – I hope we hit it when it's like that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, Punch Fishing wants to know. Do you, he says uh, 
the flirtworm is still a go-to for him. Um, you, you playing with the flirtworm at all? Yes, I've, uh, I've I've been throwing a flirtworm for a long, very long time, probably about ten years. And uh, sometimes it's kind of exciting. Uh, I don't think many people know about it yet. He's they're about to release a fat flirtworm. Uh, it's going to be more like a it's a big big straight tail kind of ledge fishing worm. And uh, I, that's actually, I caught a, a lot of my fish in the Toyota series at Lake Eufaula last year in June on, on the fat flirt. And uh, I think they're, I think they're going to start uh, shipping some out hopefully in the next, in the next month or two. And that's, that's going to be a good one. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I definitely play with a flirt worm on a, on a jig worm <clears throat> up here and, and, and uh, it's a good drop shot bait. Uh JJ wants to know any insight whether there's going to be a smally, smicy beaver. Not that I know of. <laughs> Fair enough. Or not, if you did, you couldn't tell us. That's right. <laughs> uh, Sycamore Downs, what do you like about spotted bass? Uh Around here, that's, that's probably the, the predominant fish. There's more spotted bass than, than I guess than largemouth bass, but uh, especially this time of year, the the spotted bass. That's I, I love just going fishing just for those, especially in the current. Uh, just they're so big or so fat and and strong this time of year, and uh, it's just it's just fun to catch them. You know, some of the especially the lake lake, the, the lake that I live closest to, it's got a lot of florida strain largemouth and then and this time of year when it's cold it's just hard to catch them but the smallmouth i mean the i'm sorry the, the spotted bass are this this is the best time of the year to catch them and uh it's, it's not uncommon to catch you know a four or five pounder you know it'll, almost every trip sometimes so that's that's kind of what i grew up doing my dad was a i guess was a spotted bass fisherman so i i've always leaned more towards more towards those yeah very cool uh colton wants to know can we see gary klein next week actually good segue i'm taking next week off there will not be a stream next week because i'm taking the family to north carolina so um that's your heads up but i think the week after the next two weeks after that i've got a guy bart who films with scott martin and then uh why am i blanking on his name uh josh bertrand another josh uh is the mlf so we've got a couple of good guests coming up um this is a good question from bob uh how would you come uh, obviously you only have two elite events but how would you compare uh or contrast the difference between the elites and the opens uh what have you noticed so far the differences in the competition and, and the format uh you know one of the big things is, is over 100 less boats on the water and I think to me, the, the elite guys, as far as the practice goes, a lot of the elite guys, they won't go through an area or find a, find a really good area and, and start and catch too, too many fish in practice. Uh, I've noticed in the opens, a lot of guys, the two, three days before the tournament, everybody will be setting a hook and catching the fish and, instead of just kind of getting a bite here and there and, and doing more looking. So I think in the elites it actually helps the tournament 
because these guys don't don't catch everything during practice. They just kind of, I guess, go out and find them and get a feel for everything. Mm -hmm. so that's, to me, that's something I've noticed this year so far. Yeah, I mean, that's you got to feel like you got all the room in the world with a hundred boats instead of two hundred. Yeah, that's, that's a lot less boats, and uh, it, it makes it makes it easier to your fishing. You know, you run around a bit more, especially on these bigger lakes. Uh, it it opens it opens everybody up some so that everybody on top of each other. Some some of the lakes that we went to in the opens last year with two hundred plus boats, it was it was a nightmare. Uh, it, it was just way too many boats for, boats for the small lakes that we were going to. Very cool. Uh, Driftless wants to know. Uh, recommendation uh for flipping pitching jigs what kind of rod uh for heavier jigs and swim baits do you like 90 percent of the time if i'm uh far as flipping a jig on docks or shallow grass and uh and also on a on a swim bait like a three eighths to a three quarter ounce jig head swim bait i use a seven foot six heavy uh, I I personally use a, a Daiwa Tatula seven six heavy flipping rod for both. Uh, if I'm gonna be punching a jig, which really don't do a whole lot, of, you know, I'd, of course I step up to a bigger rod. But like I said, 90 percent of the time, just pitching, flipping boat docks, flipping bluff walls, or or uh, or scattered grass. Uh, a seven six heavy is my go-to. I probably got uh, I probably have six or eight of those same exact rods on my deck when we go to pick week you know, probably about three or four of them will be swim baits and uh the rest of them will be be pitching pitching rods so. nice very cool yeah i would echo that i mean most of my jig rods are seven four mag heavy fast action you know dobbins rods mm -hmm. so it's a very similar like i'm a big fan of those longer heavy action jig rods uh People are got some some chat about what's going on in Kentucky Lake in here. Very cool. Um, so, you know, I think Lake Fork is going to be an exciting event. Have you got any experience or any insight on Fork? Have you ever been there? Are you excited about Lake Fork? I've never been there. Uh, I am excited about it. I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping it's going to be an offshore tournament. Uh, I was talking with Buddy Buddy Gross about it, and he's been there. I think two or three times and uh he thinks it's going to be like right on the verge of uh, still a spawn deal going mm -hmm. on and being and being a full-blown offshore tournament so it's just i think it depends on the weather out there I, from what i understand i've gotten a lot of really cold weather so that's probably going to push back the spawn from what normally happens so uh i think it's going to be uh a little bit of both some some shallow and some deep and there's probably still going to be a shad spawn going on so, uh, but I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to going out there and I'm going to, I'm going to try to fish offshore. That's for sure. Cause that's, that's what I want to do. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, obviously last tournament, last year's tournament was pretty cool to watch and, and what brand was it last year or the year before and what Brandon Cobb did was really cool. I think that was two years uh -huh. ago now. Yeah. Two years. But I think if yeah. they could get a little more post spawn and get those fresh fish showing up on humps and points and shoals, it could be a much more exciting tournament to watch, much more wide open. Yeah. I think that's, I, I think it's going to happen like that. I think you're going to see both guys up on the bank and out deep. I don't know if it's going to be like a, 
a 10xd kind of out deep deal but uh, i think there's gonna be enough fish out off the bank postponed to, for some guys in, to make the top 10 doing it for sure mm-hmm. colton says what would you throw on lake fork early spring um I think lipless cranks are super popular. I bet you A-rigs are pretty popular there in the early spring. Obviously, you can't throw those in the Elite Series, but if you're fun fishing uh, and jerk baits, I mean, it's probably the three things that I would throw the most. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I, that, I don't know how much. Uh, I understand, from what I understand, there's not a whole lot of hydrilla on that lake right now. So uh, if, if I could find some, I, I would definitely be throwing a jerk bait, chatter bait, and a swim bait, you know, around that hydrilla around the sure in the, in the pre-spawn so yeah and yeah it's definitely not the grass has taken a hit not what it used to be um we kind of touched on this a little bit but we, uh, this was back when we were we were the audio was a little worse but maybe just recover walt wants to know what's your strength as a fisherman and and when you see yourself winning what what do you think the bait is or the technique that you see yourself most likely to win on <laughs> You know that's, that's that's a hard hard question because you you don't it's, you don't never really see a win coming until it just happens. Right. Uh, again, my my I feel like my strength is is offshore fishing, especially brush piles. You know, like you follow that's, that's kind of kind of what it's become known for is a, a big brush pile lake and and a lake that I can just make forty or fifty stops a day. You know, put put the trolling motor down, make four or five six casts, pull it back up and go. Uh, that's, that's, that's the way I like the fish and uh, I've got, got a lot of confidence in it, but I don't think we're going to a single lake this year that that's going to set mm-hmm. up like, so, uh, that's going to be, I, I think we're going to have two or three offshore tournaments, but as far as, uh, the way I, I really like the fish, I don't think I'm going to be able to get to do it. Yeah. So it sounds like if you can, you'd like to get your thrift on. <laughs> yeah. No, I kind of like that. I guess I like fishing like him. I like fishing fast offshore. I don't, I'm not the guy that's going to sit on three or four places all day. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fish at least 30, 30 or 40 in the day's time. Uh, it's just the way I like to fish. Yeah, for sure. I can, I can get on board with that. Uh, <laughs> favorite topwater technique. You got any favorite topwaters? Uh, uh, probably just a frog. Throwing a frog in the grass. Uh, and I, I don't know, probably around where I live, uh, throwing, that's right, Swamp Donkey. This is the yeah, old one. Those are hard to get. I did, I did have some new ones. I'm actually going to do a video where I like, cause there's, that's like a big, a big controversy with people, you know, paying $60 for these on eBay and you can get these, yeah. you know, they're not always in stock. They're kind of hard to get, but you can still get these are like $10, $11. So I'm going to, I'm going to. When I get some time here, we're going to weigh them and measure them and, and look at everything on them and see if they're really, if I can find any difference between the OGs and the ones you can get now. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know of any difference between them. Uh, I haven't talked to the guys that reaction about it, but I don't know of any difference between them. I like both of them. It, that can be a expensive bait, too. Same thing. This is a, I mean, you can just tell by the amount of paint that's lost on this one that this one is. Yeah. So I kind of want to do the same analysis on these, honestly, because I was early on the, the, the Vixen train, you know, 15 years ago. So I got plenty of them. So I have no need to buy the new ones. Um, but uh, I'm a yeah, big Vixen, fan of that. Vixen's still a big deal for me. Uh, 
throwing a vixen, probably the, other than a frog around where I live, uh, when the lake, these lake, the lake I live close to, when the, it's a drawdown lake, so when they bring the water back up and the water first gets on the, all the sea walls, uh, throwing a vixen and a, a buzz bait is, is probably my next next favorite thing to do on on, on that kind of. Is that spots and largies or? Both, it, both, mostly yeah. uh, around March, early spring. It's 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 big spots. Uh, nice. Sometimes you can get thirty or forty a day throwing a, a spook, any any kind of spook type bait. So that sounds amazing. I know I went to uh, Logan Martin one day uh, in in April after a Gunnersville tournament where I didn't make the cut and uh <clears throat> throwing a jerk bait there and the like like be jerking jerking and then all of a sudden it would just go like just the other way and i was like i couldn't imagine how fun they'd be to catch on top water because they just got to be mad <laughs> yeah you know but I, I say back in the day it haven't it hasn't been real good in the last three or four years but it used to be on logan martin in in, in march you could go to some shallow just river points red clay banks mm-hmm. and a few seawalls that still had water on them, and uh, you throw a, a, a any kind of top water up there, mainly a spook, and uh, you might have four or five big spotted bass just jumping all over it all at the same time. And, and sometimes mm. you'll catch, uh, you know, two or even three fish on 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 each, on, a, on one cast. So it's, it can be pretty pretty amazing. Man, now you're talking my language. I'm getting excited. <laughs> uh, Brock says, "Does he have a YouTube channel?" I don't think that you do. I could be wrong. Um, I don't. I haven't. Uh, I'm actually kind of behind on everything right now. I've just got my uh, my fishing web page, and uh, I've started an Instagram. I'm about to start doing some videos and stuff. And uh, so, again, I'm I'm I'm, I'm way behind on, on on that kind of stuff. But I'm on, I'm on, I'm going to get there. Yeah, you can get it on. Josh has not made a post yet. So this is your opportunity. You can get in on the ground level on his Instagram. And then I think most of your content as far as on your Josh Strachner fishing YouTube page. So if people want to get like info now, that's probably the best place um, to go. Um, Jim, we talked about it. He's only been to pick one time. So if you're looking for fantasy insight, that's what you learned. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Colton said they were fish Cherokee in East Tennessee. Yes, actually that was, was that the last open yeah. before you qualified, or the second? That was the that was the second to second last to open. Yeah, I come in th- third in it. Yeah, so the, I mean, that, so your very first smallie tournament ever, you took third. Did you catch mostly smallies, or did you go against the grain? I had all smallmouth. Nice. How did you end up catching your smallies at Cherokee? Because it was a pretty tough event. Yeah, I actually caught them really deep. Uh, they were anywhere from thirty-four to thirty-eight foot, and uh, I caught. It's kind of half half and half i caught half of them kind of dropping on them i think i only weighed in one fish on the mickey rig the rest of them was on a drop shot and uh the other half i caught on a, a little small swim bait cool uh, yeah i think uh so i think yeah for those looking for fancy fishing i think for josh to be strong uh, where he can get on an offshore bite. That's where he feels comfortable. And I think he definitely knows Neely Henry pretty good. He, sh- he knows where the boat ramps are on Neely Henry. Let's put it that way. That's right. <laughs> I think Neely Henry is going to be, that's, that's kind of a, I'm not going to say a, my most hated lake, but uh, I've, I've never, that's really the only lake that around where I live that, I, that I've never won a tournament on. 
So, uh, okay. So maybe, maybe this will be the one. <laughs> well, I told you, right? We've had Brian New and Gussie on this year, so it's only a matter of time. So you just hey. you just got to figure right. out when. And I figure if, if you can win one of the next two, then I shouldn't have problems booking guests from here on out. People should be calling me to get on the show. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think we talked about Lewis Smith. It is an open. Are you are you thinking about getting in the Lewis Smith Open? It's, I'm on, I'm actually probably going to call tomorrow. From what I've heard, all the opens are full. So yeah, so full. it'd be pretty hard to jackpot an open this year. It sounds like so. Yeah, if they're, if they're full. There's no chance they're going to let let anybody get in. But maybe if I have a few guys drop out, I might be able to squeeze in there. So I'm going to call and find out. Yeah. So. Yeah, Colton. Uh, we did talk about this. He does have a live scope on his boat. How long have you had live scope on your uh, your, your boat? Uh, one year. One year. So you used it last season during the Opens? I used it uh, full season last year. I was actually a, a little late getting in on the live scope party. Uh, I think it's been out for, I guess, about three years now. But I finally broke down and, and bought one last year, and uh, it's, it's definitely definitely helped out the way I fish. Sure. Well, I mean, what would you say is like, I don't know, the biggest takeaway or the biggest thing that was eye-opening for you when you put live scope on your boat? Uh, just seeing seeing fish react to, to different baits. and, and or, them, or not react? To, <laughs> or not react, sure. And and really, in fishing places uh, that you can look and you pull up there, and if you don't see a bass, you know I'm I'm only cast. You know, before you know I, I didn't know that I might spend ten minutes there casting at a brush pile or whatever it is, and I'm fishing, and there wouldn't be a fish there. Now you know you can pull up there, and if they're there, you're gonna see them. So it it it, it, it can save you a lot of time. Yeah. Is there, are there any scenarios that you think that there are times where they're there and you can't see them? Sometimes, you know, if you're fishing a lot of real big, thick brush piles or thick timber, uh, you know, of course you're not going to see every one, every fish that's, that's there, but you're going to see, I'd say probably 75% of them. If, if they're there, you're going to see them on the live scope. And, f- and far as fishing, uh, just open ledges, shell, shell beds, you're going to see every one of those. So right. And at least if, if you are going to make a cast, even if you don't see a fish, one, you can tell whether you made a good cast, right? Because you can see whether you're hitting, right? And then if you make two casts and you don't see any movement, right? Like, <laughs> then you can be really, you know, if you didn't even get enough reaction to, like, pull a fish up or get it to, like, show itself, then you probably feel pretty confident that they're either not there or they're definitely not going to bite, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm up and leave. Yeah, cool. Uh, good question for Brock. Uh, I mean, you, you you kind of took a break in your uh, in your former years, but what, you got any tips for young anglers to be successful in tournaments? Man, I, I know it sounds kind of you hear all these other pros saying it, but just spending time on the water—that's that really is. That's probably the biggest. That time in the water and spending a lot of a lot of that time in the water with your electronics. Uh, you know, electronics is such a huge player now. I was late getting in on it. Uh, some of these guys now is 15, 14, 15, 16 years old. They already know just about everything there is to know, uh, you know, as far 
how to set up units and use them. And uh, that's 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 probably the biggest biggest thing I could tell a, a young guy coming up is to spend spend a lot of time on the water and keep looking at those screens, learn learn what bass look like, and try and try to fish different lakes. Don't fish your same local one or two lakes all year long. Try to you can venture out and fish some different kind of bodies of water and uh you'll be amazed what you can learn by fishing a new body of water yeah for sure and i think don't be picky right like if you got time ride your bike to a pond if you can join some yeah. junior clubs if you can find an adult club where you can fish as a non-boater they get you to lakes like just figure out as many ways an uncle a brother a neighbor a friend like whatever you can do to get on the water just get out on the water um there's not many people that will turn down a kid if you take the time to approach them and ask them to take you fishing. I promise you that. <laughs> uh, you're right. Um, I, would, I, I wouldn't turn one down in a heartbeat. And, and also, too, you know, uh, you know, fishing as a co-angler in the BFLs. Uh, I, I know some. I know some guys that's, that they they did that for five or six, seven years, and they've learned a ton. You know, doing that, and some of them moved up to the pro circuit as a co-angler. And uh, that's just information and stuff that you learn that you'll never see anywhere else. You know, fishing with a team partner or, or learning on your mm -hmm. own. There's just no way, no way you can learn all that, all that what you can, what from what you can see and do and going as a co-angler. Yeah, and I think the one thing you forgot to mention was keep watching the Hellabass YouTube channel as much as possible. Uh, what's up bailey uh this is a good question so sycamore asks like when you're looking at the elite series schedule he's talking about here do you start thinking about all the lakes in the schedule or do you like just focus on the very next lake or like how does your prep and how do you break down a season I, i've been two lakes at a time uh like right now i'm 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 about 90 percent just focusing on on pickway in the back of my mind i'm looking at lake fork i'm on i may or may not try to go out there between now and pickwick so mm -hmm. i'm not looking at i'm not looking ahead more than more than two tournaments uh i'm not studying on the internet about any of them other than the, the two that's right in front of me nice um so serious angler wants to know is there do you think what was your i don't know your what's been your biggest adjustment jumping up to the elites so far uh probably the way i practice you know we've only got two and a half or three days to practice in the lease and in the open you know usually everybody shows up like like the friday before the tournament so people will practice four or five days for the opens and uh so between the shorter practice and longer tournament days being four-day tournaments, it definitely it, it's changed the way that I fish, uh, practice and tournament mm -hmm. fish. Just kinda, you've always got to keep in the back of your head that, you know, what if I did, get, you know, do good enough to make the fourth day? Is, is the area I'm fishing or the pattern that I'm fishing, is it going to be good enough for four days? Uh, I, I try to keep that in the back of my head, but I also – I almost treat it as a two-day tournament, at least to start with. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I don't want to get too carried away trying to leave leave a, a little area where I think I could 
making one or two more calls the first day or the second day and it turn around and, and bite me and not even make the third day so right it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of different variables and 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 kind of fish or think about fishing four days yeah for sure you can't you can't uh count your chickens before they're hatched so you you, you can't you can't make a cut or win if you don't get there right so yeah um you got a hydrowave on your boat? You ever play around with those? Uh, I've owned one hydrowave. Uh, it's been a few years ago, and uh, to be honest, I, most of the time I forgot to turn it on when I when I was out fishing. So, so I, I really don't have much experience with a hydrowave. No. Yeah, I feel like five years ago it was hard pressed to find an elite or tour boat that didn't have one, and I feel like that's a little more fifty fifty now. Yeah, you just, uh, man, personally, I, I don't ever hear anybody talking about it. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So. Yeah, is that because they don't want to talk about it or because HydroWave doesn't have a budget to, for anybody to want to talk about it? or? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, uh, I don't know about it. Yeah. Uh, so Kyle Walter just interviewed and he said he doesn't even look at the standings after the weigh-ins. What do you do? You keep up with it? Do you, you check where you are? Do you look and see what you need to catch to make a cut? Do you? I mean, what is your perspective? Or you just go out and catch what you can catch every day? Yeah, I'll look like at the end of every day. I, 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 when I get back to the rep where we're staying at, uh, what you know, of course we're all we'll, we'll sit down and, and look at the standing just to see where we're sitting, and mainly just to look at the weight weight differences. You know, what we might think we need we, we need to make the third day cut as far as weight. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, so I, I do I do look at the standings, uh, but as far as when the tournament's over with, uh, as far as angler of the year, rookie of the year standings, uh, I don't I haven't looked at that at all to be honest. Other than that, I told you at the beginning of the show. Um, I, didn't, I didn't even know it. <laughs> Earmuffs. Uh, this is an interesting question. What do you like most about tournament fishing? And is there any part you don't like about tournament fishing? You know. I just the competition part of it. Uh, you know, if if I had to just go, I know it's probably bad to say, but if I just had to go fun fish the rest of my life and and couldn't fish a tournament, I don't I don't know if I keep doing it or not. You know, I I just I like the competition. Uh, I like getting out there and and, and trying to trying to outfish people and people trying to outfish me, especially people you know. Uh, that's that's probably the funnest part of it to me is just the competition and the, the bigger ter- bigger tournaments the better i've always got fi- gotten fired up you know about a tournament when there's a lot of money on the line and uh and of course fishing the elites the is there you couldn't be fishing a bigger tournament so it's it's, it's been a pretty cool deal and and as far as uh the thing the most i don't something i don't like about it uh you know, I don't know if, I, if there's anything I can say I didn't like about fishing, especially the elites or any any tournament fishing. To be honest, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Maybe getting up too early in the morning. Yeah, or having to go out maybe and fish in just super terrible weather sometimes when you don't like. If you were fun fishing at yeah. home, like you know that that's uh. But I could definitely agree. Like I would definitely be fishing even if it wasn't for tournaments, but. I don't know if I'd be as into it without tournaments, you know, like I wouldn't be yeah. as all in if, uh, 
And for some people, yeah, I know it takes the fun out of it for them. I mean, everybody does a little bit different, so. Yeah, everybody's different. I, I definitely still fish, don't get me wrong, but just the, the competition part of it, just it, it pushes me a lot harder than it, than it normally would, just going out fun fishing and doing that. But going back to what you said, the uh, probably the most hated thing at, to me about tournament fishing is, is the weather. Uh, matter of fact, the second day at Fort Loudon last week, was probably the coldest I've ever been in my life. Uh, I didn't, I, <laughs> I, I didn't dress properly. I didn't have enough clothes on, and I made a super long run. So I got water. I got wet inside my rain suit, and uh, you know it was like 40, 45 degrees, and and rainings, and uh, it was just, it was miserable. So you're saying if AFCO or Sims or Blackfish or anybody wants to get, you got room for them, like for some? I got, I got plenty of room. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. I'm just glad you're out of the elevator, buddy. Uh, thanks for the super chat. Um, so, Colton, uh, you must have a tournament in Okeechobee coming up. And uh, I, so I've never fished in Okeechobee in early March, but I've watched a few tournaments. Um, I don't, do you have any thoughts? I've got some thoughts, but I'll, if you got some, I'll let you go first. You no, know, I've never been to Okeechobee. Uh, I've been to several lakes in Florida, but uh, unfortunately, I've never been to Okeechobee. Uh, you know, it's all about the spawn down there right now. Uh, I know they, they're about to start up tomorrow, I think. So. Yeah, but I think this time of year, right, I think a skinny dipper, right, or a, or a gambler, big easy, something like that, or a big full-size skinny yeah. dipper, right, like reeling over that hay covering water. Like, if you don't have a lot of experience, I think that's where I'd start is cover some water with those, and when you get in an area – where you find the concentration of fish, then you can slow down and soak a stick worm or do some other things. But I, that's what I would do is cover water, find that clean water, find that hard bottom, cover, cover water with a, a swim bait with a, a beast hook or, or something like that. And, uh, when you get some bites, slow down and pick it apart. That's, that's the biggest to me in, in Florida, just finding the fish. Then <clears throat> once you find them, slow down fish, just stay in that one little area, all, all, you know, all day. Uh, I like, I still like throwing the, that big swimming worm, that machete worm, or ultravive speed worm. But to me, the the every time I've been to Florida, I've done pretty good, and it's always just been finding a, a area that I got confidence in and, and staying in it all day and not doing much running around. Sure. So opposite of how you normally like to fish. Right. Yeah. What's up, bait man? Good to see you. Um, Sean, I am easy. That's all right. Uh, so punch fishing, he's kind of a, he's a little bit of a, a Daiwa Shimano high end nut. So I guess, uh, give him some details on your, your, your flipping setup, your frogging and flipping setups. Uh, this year I'm, I'm just using, uh, the Tatula Bass series rods. It's got the full cork handles. I'm, I'm a cork guy. I love a full cork handle and, uh, you know, they're not super expensive either. I've always, most of my life, I've always tried to buy the super high-end rod and reels. You know, I've had mega bass rod and rod and reels. Just been a fortune on stuff. And seems like as I get a little bit older, <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to starting to tone it down a little bit. And 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 to, to be honest, with the the tattoo rod and reels I'm using right now, I'm, I'm just as ham as I was with a you know a thousand dollar rod and reel set up. But uh, sure. I'm using the Tatula Bass, Bass Series rods and the, the Tatula SB 
reels. I'm a left-handed guy, so I got all left-handed reels. Uh, but as far as frogging, most of the time, my frogging setup is a, a, a seven-foot-one heavy jig rod. That's what I like throwing a frog on. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm fishing some super heavy, throwing around matted grass, I'll use the seven-four frog rod. But uh, as far as skipping around docks and shallow grass and, and just to me normal everyday frog fishing around where I live, it's, it's just gonna be like a seven or seven foot seven foot one rod. Nice. What 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 uh what gear ratio do you like for frogs and what reel? The the Tatula SV eight to one. Mm-hmm. And uh far as line, most of the time I'm I throw uh sixty pound sixty or sixty five pound any kind of braided line uh i've been using the this year the the eight grand i think uh die with j braid mm-hmm. and i've been been pretty impressed with that. uh chatterbait set up so are you are you a, a glass rod or a graphite composite guy and what kind of line do you like for chatterbaits I like the, I like the glass rod. Uh, I've got two chatterbait rods that I use. Uh, it's kind of the same thing with the frog. Uh, if I'm fishing, if I'm throwing chatterbait, just going down the bank, skip under docks, under trees. I use the uh, the Tatula seven foot two glass cranking rod. That's what I use for my chatterbait. And if I'm fishing offshore, offshore grass like down in Florida, or hopefully up at Pickwick, uh, I use the seven four chatterbait rod. And I always use twenty pound fluorocarbon on both. Nice. Seven. Most of the time, it's uh, I, I'll have one rigged up right now with a five to one reel, but most ninety nine percent of the time, it's going to be on a seven to one. Nice. I assume you on the fishing deep. You break out some spinning, some egg beaters every now and then. Do you, do, you, do you fish like what's your what's your go to finesse deep technique for spinning rods? Uh, uh you know it, it, it's really kind of depends. Uh, you know, last year in the opens, I actually did uh, a lot of a lot of the damage that I don't say damage, but what helped me qualify for for the lease was with a spinning rod at uh, mm-hmm. Lake Hartwell and Cherokee. All all every fish I weighed in was on a spinning rod. But, uh, you know, at Cherokee, I caught uh, most of them was uh, on a uh, a really small jerk bait, actually, on, on throwing on a spinning rod, just mainly because I can just cast it a mile. I can, you know, I, I can cast it a lot further with, with a spinning rod. Uh, I caught a few on a spy bait. Then, uh, you know, like I said, at Cherokee, I was dropping on them and throwing a, uh, a small swim bait with a jig head with a you know, six-pound line all on spin rod so i i, I do I, I i like fishing with, with an egg baiter <laughs> nice yeah that'll serve you well when you get up north um which brock we talked a little yeah. easier that he, he's never been north he's never caught a northern smallie well, what's the northest furthest north you've fished lake uh kentucky lake as far as north i've been but it's not very north <laughs> uh, yeah i I don't know i like longer rods i'm a seven foot seven four spinning rods almost all the time um 
I don't, I'm not on board with anything less than seven foot for almost anything. Um, yeah, I've actually been using, uh, and I really like it. I've actually bought two more since then, but, uh, it's, it's made, it's a dial rod. It's a seven, seven, six ML, ML, it's a medium, medium light seven, six rod. And, uh, up until this year, I've never used anything more longer than probably seven foot two on a spinning rod. And I've got to using that seven, six. And uh, I've got four of them now, and that's pretty much what I use. Yeah, you might want to get an extra couple of those before you head up north. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so Matt's joking. He says, hope you know what a northern pike and they have teeth, and you definitely don't want to lip those when you come up north. <laughs> <laughs> but you got chain yeah. pickerel down there, right? Uh, 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 yeah, chain pickerel. Uh, there's a uh it's actually i think it's the same fish people call it different it's got a few different names but uh it's mainly on the tennessee river you'll you'll see the uh i, I think they've actually got a few walleye i think i caught a walleye mm-hmm. last year on like and uh then you get the the chain pickerel also <laughs> nice awesome well we're about 90 minutes in uh i really appreciate your time josh I feel like we've been like flirting on the edge of uh, technology disaster tonight. So I don't know that we want to attempt fate for too much longer. Um, and it's a little bit later, uh, you know, actually, well, you're still central. Um, but uh, I think I'm going to probably let you go. Uh, I appreciate you being on. And then I think we'll do the drawing uh, for the people that entered the stream last week for the prize, but I won't keep you for that. Um, anything else you want to touch on or shout outs or sponsors, anything you want to talk about? And we'll wrap it up in the next few minutes. I, I just appreciate you having me on. Uh, been been pretty cool to sit here and talk with you and everybody else. Uh, I want to thank Reaction Innovations. Uh, they're, they've been the biggest player for me this year, helping me out, get, helping you know, like I said, get get my boat wrapped and getting me started. But uh, Triton, Mercury Marine, Power Pole, uh, Evergreen International, uh, those are some good people and good people to work for, and I look forward to the future with them. Yeah, awesome. Sounds like most of the people in the chat really appreciate it. A bunch of thank yous. Uh, yeah, so just stay tuned if you guys uh, entered in the uh, giveaway. Um, glad to have you on, Josh. Thanks for sharing the information. I'm sure uh, you're going to do well in tournaments, and this won't be your last uh, your last live interview. So hopefully this was a good one for you. And uh, good luck on the rest of the season, and uh, keep in touch. All right. Thank you, Rich. All right. Thank you. All right. What's What's up, everybody? Uh, we're going to go through a few things here. Uh, yeah, I thought he was a great guest. Uh, we had a few technology bumps, uh, mostly on his end, a little bit on my end. I uh, texted my kids and told them to get off the Wi-Fi. So um, uh, hopefully it's not too bad tonight. Uh, I'm going to pull up the, uh, the comment picker from last week. So you're pretty much running out of time if you entered the giveaway. Um, while we're doing that, uh, special, I mean, just kind of remind you guys, the codes are down in the bottom. If you guys want to support the show, Arsenal Fishing, Omnia Fishing, and I actually have a new code for Super K uh, Jigs. It'll be down in the description. I didn't add it in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the ticker yet, but that's an option. You can get 15% off as well at Super K Jigs with Hellabass 15. Um, if you guys didn't catch all of this, you can watch the replay tomorrow. Uh, also, tomorrow morning, I'll have the audio version of this podcast up. And that will be available as well for those that are interested. Uh, thanks for all that tuned in. Let's get in. Pick. I've got the, uh, the YouTube video from uh, Trey Harple. 
TH Customs entered in here. And so what we're... Uh, how many mini people do I have, Sean? I have too many people, uh, 10 and 12. Um, I'm probably not as young as you think, but uh, so we're going to hit the, this button here. And uh, what we're in drawing for is four custom wake baits uh, from, uh, from, Sean, uh, from uh, Trey. So Trey's on vacation this week, but we'll get that. So let's hit the button. Uh, include replies. Allow duplicates, nope, and then continue. Looks like we had 50 comments. Looks like 20 unique comments. Darius, who was on the stream tonight, uh, who was most excited about the adrenaline cross that we talked about from Omnia last week. So, Darius, if you're still on, congratulations. Uh, I think you know how to get a hold of me one way or the other. Hit me up on Facebook or Instagram or leave me a comment with some info how I can get a hold of you. And uh, we'll get you in contact with Trey to get you some custom wake baits. Uh, and you can try those out on Kentucky Lake, Darius. So um, I don't know if you guys have any questions. Uh, we can hit anything else you guys want to address. we got about 50 people still on. We have a few minutes. If anybody wants to hang out, ask some questions, we can do that. <coughs> Let's see what's going on here. Uh, congrats. No problem. I, uh, I t honestly, John, I have a, I learn a lot and I have a ton of fun doing these. So, uh, and I appreciate sharing all this information with you guys. Uh, YouTube's cuz says he got his gentleman cross today. They do look sweet. I'm excited. I, I'm going to definitely, uh, maybe fish them next week. Um, so just a reminder, no stream next week. So this will be the first week in a long time. We don't have a stream. I'm going to be going to North Carolina and be out on the outer banks uh what's up reef robber uh i'm gonna, we're gonna be staying outer banks top sale and i might do a little saltwater fishing around there if i can find some but i think uh i'm gonna go up to smith mountain lake and uh go out fishing with a buddy and i think the bite will be pretty good so hopefully in the next two weeks we'll actually have fishing content on the channel again where i'm actually going and catching fish from open water so if you're tired of the tip videos and you sit here in front of the monitor and the computer, uh, we're going to have some fishing videos coming up too. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, higher. I need to go higher, Sean. Um, seriously, when I'm going to the river, probably not until I get back. Um, hopefully things stay warm while I'm gone. I mean, I've been out on pool two as early as mid to late March. So I guess it all depends on how quickly it thaws and it doesn't go into floods. But uh, hopefully within the next month, getting on the river. Yes, definitely uh, Super K jigs on the horizon. I uh, will enjoy the vacation. Thank you. I've never fished Sam Rayburn, but I fished Amistad, Falcon, and Fork. Bach headed to Okeechobee. Uh, good luck, buddy. That sounds awesome. Get some of those, uh, you know, skinny dippers or gambler big easies. I think that'll be uh, be awesome. But don't worry, there'll be videos up next week. I've got some stuff already edited and in the can, and so you guys will have content even while I'm on vacation. Um, how do you know I'm 42? Did I say that? I think I am 42, but I think I'm, I think I'm 42. Done with Bass Tech? No, Bass Tech's still a thing. There's a coach down there for Bass Tech as well. Uh, and actually, 
that reminds me. So if you guys haven't seen these, uh, the new drop shot free weights from Bass Tech are actually available at Omnia Fishing. So you can use the code for Omnia. And these are the new Bass Tech tungsten drop shot weight free weights, which I'm pretty excited about. And they're pretty cool. Um, elongated teardrop weight, no chip finish, matte black. So you don't have to worry about pike eating your sinkers. Stamped with the weight on it. Um, check those out, Omnia Fishing, if you're looking for some good drop shot weights. Uh, 50 degree water in three different lakes today in Illinois. That sounds juicy. Um, so I don't know if anybody got any questions. I can wrap it up or we can chat. I'll leave it up to you guys. I don't have anything on the agenda. I did got something cool from Super K. I'll show this thing off. Like, so they have a bait they call the Clacken, which is their bladed jig, which I think I've got. Let me, right. And I, I think I showed that off, but they have this what they call the Clackong, which is a one-ounce version. But check this thing out. They sent it to me to potentially try down in the salt, but I don't think I'm packing enough heat or rod for this Maglodon-bladed jig. Uh, that thing is just, I mean, look at that. It is massive. But... If I was bringing a big enough rod, I definitely would throw it. But I don't think I have room without bringing the boat to to pack rods big enough for this thing. Yeah, Omni does have a great stuff in stock. Uh, it's amazing the amount of great stuff they've brought into uh, inventory in the last couple of months. Like they have legit really made huge strides in bringing in some cool stuff. Uh, Sure, Brock. If you ever want to do something like that, uh, we could we could arrange that. Uh, do I take stimulants or do you sleep? Sleep is overrated. Um, power naps are a good thing. Um, yeah, this is definitely legit. Like Pike Musky or like like maybe on OHIV. Uh, but I think it could be good in the salt. Uh, yeah, the drop shot weights, the free weights. Those are from Bass Tech. Uh, you can find them on the Bass Tech website, or you can check them out on... Actually, the best place to probably now is at Omnia and use my code at Omnia. Uh, probably not going musky fishing anytime soon, but it could be good for big redfish. Exactly. If you were in a place with big enough bass, I mean, that's not bigger than, like, a swim bait. I mean... Right? I mean, like, this is... Compared to a Dream Smasher, right? It's in that same ballpark for sure. You catch a two-pounder on that. So, um, Shadow says you'd throw that for fall for bass in Canada, but we already know there's no bass where you live, Shadow. You've sold that many times. Uh, what cover areas do you fish early Mississippi? Uh, depends how early, but you want to start figuring out you know those bass are going to get into non-current areas to spawn. So you're going to want to find those current seams just outside of those places where they spawn. That's where I'd start looking. Good to know, John. I'll take that in kind. If I end up fishing more than a few days, uh, I'll think about getting a guide. Uh Thank you, David. Have I picked up any dark sleepers? I haven't yet, but I definitely will probably get some for this year. Uh, 
That's right. I mean, obviously, you can't sleep shine with all the live uh, YouTube on. Yeah, I agree. If you're on the right size bass with the right size forage, uh, bass would definitely smash that giant chatterbait. So, cool. I definitely think you could catch redfish on this big bladed jig. I'm definitely going to bring some regular size bladed jigs and swim jigs in case there's any inshore reds and things like that around where I'm going to be. I'll have some, I'm going to bring some like like Kitech type swim baits and jig heads. I'm going to bring some bladed jigs, some swim jigs, some small cranks and try that around some of that stuff to see if there's anything that wants to play inshore. Um, yeah, Gabe, I think I'm ready for the Yoda series on Ozarks. Hopefully the ice has melted and you don't have to fall ice. Uh, I've seen some videos from there, but good luck, Gabe. Brock just got a pan optics. Awesome. Interested in the big blade Brian Thrift Chatter, but yeah, I've seen that. I haven't heard about when it's going to come out. Um, opinions on the OG Slim. I think it's going it's a good bait. I don't have any yet. I've been kind of lazy on stocking up on those. I've got some Fritz sides, <clears throat> but uh, I'm definitely going to get some OG Slims if I pay attention and actually order them. Uh, I think they're they're going to be a great bait. I haven't used them yet, obviously, because I'm iced in. Uh, all right. I'll be down for some some uh, dark sleepers. Thank you, Matt, for stopping in. Yeah, he definitely know. I definitely is successful. Um, if you want, I think Sean, I would check out Queen's Tackle. They have the switchblade, which is a blade you can add, and they have a regular size and a big size. So if you wanted to make your own jumbo chatterbaits, maybe get some of those big switchblades. Sycamore, start taking notes. But just remember, you always have the replay. So you can go back and re-watch these, or you can listen to my podcast and take notes. Oh, Trout in North Carolina, dig the Ned. All right, I'll pack a few Neds. Uh, although I wasn't planning on bringing a spinning rod. Um, tight action. Don't we all like a tight action, tight wiggle? Um, all right. As long as I go, I'll, all right. Hey, I would never lead you astray. All right. I'll pack some Neds against my better judgment. All right. That's interesting. So they are were made to replace the, the original DTs, but Tim says they're a completely different action. So what do you think, Gabe? Like a finesse jig, jerk bait? What do you think is going to play down there to get bit? Is the warming trend going to help it like pop out of its funk? Be interesting. Yeah, but I'm excited to get down. I know it's going to be in like the 60s and 70s. Hoping to have a little bit of fishing down there, but it should be nice just to get a uh, a nice weather and just get ready. And hopefully things have like progressed when I get back home and we're close to getting on the water. Fifth ounce. I do have some sixth ounce tungsten neds, um, but I don't have a BFS. So never try to BFS, although we talked about it a bunch last week with uh, Trey. So that's... Uh, do you have any fantasy picks and guesses? Uh, I will definitely have my column up like, like on Monday. My video will drop on Monday for my fantasy picks. Um, but I think for Pickwick, uh, I think Justin Atkins will be really strong. 
he's going to be pissed. That's his home lake. Um, I wouldn't, I think like guys like Eddie Gross. Um, I've definitely made some picks, but there's definitely some strong. And I just, I, I'm here's, here's my hot take. I don't think I may just hack. I may take hackney every event the rest of the year. I think every year there's an angler or two that get on a super influential run. And I think this is hackney's year and I don't think anything's going to stop them. So I don't know if I'll ever not pick hackney this year. Um, Probably just shore fishing sycamore. Uh, we'll have the beach, and then we have like a, a sound or canals behind us. So we have some options all within like really close distance to where we're staying. A rig water down three six this morning, forty this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, hack attack. Um, who else could be really good? in this event. I feel like I'm missing somebody that can be really strong, but I can't remember, but this pickwick event is going to be really awesome to watch. Um, I'm going to probably be ignoring my family on vacation to watch this pickwick tournament. So actually it's the week after, but my picks will be coming out that week. Uh, Walters. I think Walters, it, he's right up there with Hackney. Like, I don't know that you can not pick him. Um, I don't know. It could be both. I don't know. It could be almost all largemouth, almost all small, or it could be a mix. Um, I don't know. That's going to be really tough. Uh, none, none of the above would surprise me, Logan. I have not been watching WandaVision. I spend all my time with you guys on YouTube and doing my day job and taking my kids to sports. I haven't watched TV that's not been YouTube in probably over a week or two. Um Maybe if I was fun employed, like some people punch fishing, then I could have more time to watch TV. Let me think of that. All right. Well, it's, uh, we're just under two hours. I think I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, congrats, Darius. Thanks again. Uh, check out those drop shot weights at Omnia. Uh, get all your spring shopping done there. Check out some of the stuff at Arsenal Fishing. I appreciate you guys that support the channel, support the show. Um, and also one more thing, like, if you guys don't know what this thing is right here and why you should have one, go back and watch my video from Monday. <laughs> um, yeah, the Militant was crazy. That, those are some good videos. They were super long, but they were pretty amazing. Will patterns you discovered on Pickwick play? Um, not the same patterns, but I think some of the areas I fished will definitely still be a deal on Pickwick. Um, I'm pretty sure one of my main areas that I fished was where Hackney won that um, FLW tournament. And I think those grassy areas around um, whatever that island it was that I fished above the Natchez Bridge um, will play. That, those areas will play. But there will be more areas that will play because there will be so much more water in the system that they'll be able to get in some backwaters where there's like cypress trees and things like that that you couldn't even get into when I was there. Uh, how many pounds? I would say somewhere between 80 and 100 to win. Um, yeah, you won't be pissed, Walt. Promise you. What's the first tournament on our schedule this year? I think my plan is to fish a late April or early May tournament on the river out of Wabasha is my first planned tournament. But I'm definitely fishing more. My plan is to fish more tournaments. Last year, I think I only fished like five or six tournaments. I'm going to fish like at least 10 or 12 this year. So, yes, 
Enjoy the week off next week. Enjoy somebody else's content. We'll see you in two weeks. I think when I come back, we're having Bart from Bart Tusick Media. Uh, he's going to talk about fishing the opens, about fishing the ABT, and about filming for Scott Martin. And the week after that, we're having Josh Bertrand on from MLF. So a couple of good guests coming up for sure. And uh, actually, there's another show that's going to be kind of a surprise show coming up in that list too. So there's a, there's a few shows coming up. Uh, I don't remember the schedule exactly. Let me tell you. I could bring up my content calendar. Oh, stream schedule. Wait. Ah, oh, yes. So March 17th. So March 10th, we're off. March 17th will be Bart ABT. Special, unique show, March 24th. More on that to come. Um, and then Bertrand on March 31st. And then uh, starting to start filling things up for April. Uh, yes, Fart Bart. Yeah, Bart would be a good guest. And I think if you guys are interested in like the Scott Martin channel, what happened behind the scenes and how those get filmed, we'll probably talk a lot about that uh, and his experience fishing the opens and things like that. So, all right, I'm going to sign off. Appreciate all you guys asking questions, going late. Uh, check out the replay. Check out the podcast version. And as always, we to help you guys catch more bass and suck less. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less. <laughs>